SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. 11 after 7, good morning. Well, various things going on in our society that will have an impact on the amount of money in your pocket and what it actually means. I'm talking, of course, about the value of the rand. We saw President Cyril Ramaphosa yesterday talking uh, very confidently ahead of the elections later this year. I think most people are expecting them to happen in May. Um, then there are all the issues around Transnet. There seems to be some progress at Transnet. The big container shipping company, Maersk, said that uh, there was improvements at Durban. But Eskim, we understand, still expecting load shedding for the next four years. That came out of the integrated resource plan uh, that was published on Friday. So then the question is, what's this going to do to the RAND this year? Well, the value of the money, uh, say in your pocket, but uh, in your bank account, will it strengthen or weaken? Ndumiso Khadebe is the chief economist at KH Research Equity Partners. Ndumiso, good morning. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Steve, and uh, good morning to your listeners this morning. Um, firstly, issues like elections in our politics, often what happens in the ANC, how important is all of that to the value of the RAND? Is that still a big factor? Uh, indeed. I think in terms of the contribution of that type of news flow plays a significant role in terms of the value of the RAND. Um, as uh, things stand, the fair value of the RAND certainly should be at around 14 to 15 rand to the dollar. However, some of these issues, including some of the issues you highlighted from ESCOM, Transnet, and the domestic politics and, ge- and global geopolitics, um, certainly inform uh, the performance of the RAND. And uh, some of these elements are also priced into what we've seen uh, in terms of RAND performance to 17 rand and 18 rand to the dollar um, in recent times. You talk about a fair value to the RAND. What do you mean by that? I mean, that would be lower than what we're actually seeing on markets at the moment. Indeed. When we talk of fair value, it's, 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 in, it's in essence talking about the purchasing power value of the RAND. So, for instance, um, the typical example is uh, with regards to the price of a Big Mac uh, from McDonald's, for example, and whether or not you're paying the same price for a Big Mac in South Africa versus in the U.S. versus in, in Europe and so forth. And so that is a measure, a basic measure within which we tend to use to see what is the estimated fair value of the RAND. And then we then add on pricing and other effects such as what is the current account performance of that uh, specific nation, what are the growth rates looking like, what does inflation look like, and of course the overall performance of the economy then give an ultimate number in terms of the value of a specific currency. So um, would it be as simple as saying a, a loaf of bread may be worth a certain amount, but people are prepared to pay more or less for that bread? In other words, there's a difference between what the real price is and what people will actually pay. Indeed, there, there certainly is, is a, a difference. I think if one were to try to simplify it, um, you could characterize it in that manner. Of course, when you also factor in supply chain considerations, as we've significantly known as a result of the pandemic specifically, you then factor in other cost push factors that influence the price of a specific good or a service. But at a, simpli- at a, at a really at a basic level, we then look at a specific commodity, what the price of that commodity is in a specific market versus another key market that interacts with that. And that, that should give us a specific uh, a fair value for for, for that for, for that currency, um, without including, I guess, other considerations that uh, we've just highlighted now. The fact that um, for the first time there's this sort of possibility—I don't know if it'll happen or not—that the governing party could lose an overall majority. In other words, we don't know if the ANC will be uh, governing alone or in coalitions after the election. Uh, one of those two is probably the two most likely outcomes. That sort of level of uncertainty. What role does that play? 
It plays an important role, Stephen, especially when looking to rationalize the outlook for the RAND um, from an investor perspective. Uh, when looking at uh, something that we then refer to as dynamic asset allocation, which is really a way to sort of um, uh, take advantage of the differentials that we're seeing in the market to try and get some positive returns for various uh, portfolios and so forth. And asset allocation in this instance accounts uh, has accounted or has explained about 94% of the variation in terms of uh, portfolio returns at a quarterly level. So these events play a significant um, role in terms of capital preservation and, of course, capital growth for investors and, of course, for you and I who have specific pension funds or investment portfolios. And so these news cycle in a load shedding in, a, in an election year, pardon me, is quite crucial, especially when looking at around 60 elections um, across the globe and some are in key markets, such as South Africa in this instance, the US, and of course, India as a case in point. There's confirmation on Friday that government's expecting load shedding to continue for another four years. Um, but more and more private companies are producing their own electricity, so are individuals. Does load shedding still affect the RAND? Um, I think uh, over the passing of time, uh, load shedding will certainly continue to affect the rent, especially when it comes to the growth performance and the growth outlook that we anticipate for for, for South Africa. However, what we have certainly seen um, in the for instance, in the GDP numbers from 2023, is that despite load shedding, uh, companies have, um, in, in terms of their corporate plans, invested quite significantly from a capital perspective in being able to produce or mitigate the constraints when it comes to energy availability. And hence, we saw a positive growth rates in the first quarter and in the second quarter of 2023. And of course, that the that decline in the third quarter. So what we are seeing is that companies are responding through a form of resilience and mitigating the risks associated with energy availability. However, from an overall macro perspective, the, un- the, uh, the unavailability of, of, of energy based on the demand that is required will continue to constrain growth and it will continue to constrain investment because if uh, Stephen, uh, who's a foreign investor, for example, uh, has cited the specific assets that he would like to invest in, in the South African market, you're sent will be slightly subdued because of the energy constraints that are associated with making that investment compared to another comparable another comparable uh, country in this instance. Ndumiso Hadebe, thanks very much indeed. Chief Economist at KH Research Equity Partners.